Well, hello, church family. Uh, this is part three of Esther chapter two. And uh, if you, if this is your first one here, I would just recommend to listen to the other two. But uh, if you don't have time, I can summarize a little bit what we're doing, what we're going through with this chapter. Uh, just want to remind us our, uh, just the kind of big picture of what this chapter is about. This whole chapter mainly is King Azurus, uh realizing that his wife is gone, his queen Vashti's gone, and he needed to find another queen, a successor to her. So he holds this huge beauty pageant, <clears throat> and the context of beauty pageant is just like a like whole bunch of ladies that try try out to be the the new queen, and the one that wins favor, as we know the, by title of the book, is Esther, and she wins mainly because of her beauty, uh, and just through kind of like uh, manipulation from even her own uh, family member, she's able to get into the position that she's in, so that she can win uh, the <clears throat> the affections of the king. And uh, when she becomes the queen, um, she actually places her uncle Mordecai in a position where he's able to um, give counsel. And as at the end of the chapter, we see that that was uh, providential because Mordecai was able to save the king. There were these two people, king's official, that wanted to plan, make a plot against the king, and uh, he exposed them. And uh, because of that, he was uh, recommended to the king, and uh, his work was basically documented in in, a, in this in this book of chronicles. <coughs> and uh, that's really what's going on in this whole chapter. And we were talking about how do we apply this to our life. And yesterday we talked about how if we want to live in this, uh, operate in a strange world, we must not trust, first and foremost, in man's words. Uh, we talked about how the king, uh, he forgot his own laws, that, the, that man's words are fickle, how they uh, forget, they're forgetful, they get manipulated, they get changed over time. Uh, what's right one day could be wrong the next day and vice versa. We just talked about how like all the man's rules, all their desires, I mean, all of man's rules are basically just their desires being played out. And depending on the season, uh, some desires would be good and others would be bad. And for the Christian, we understand that when people, but we live in a world that operates in the same way. People make laws and rules that's governed by their own desires. So in a lot of ways, you can tell a society based on how their laws are set. If a society loves children, they will make laws, <coughs> excuse me, they'll make laws protecting children. If they uh, hate children, they'll make laws that are attacking children. You know, that's just the way it is a reflection of the society. So we're called not to trust in the things of the world because man's words never last. But we're called as Christians to always place our trust and hope in God's word because God's word is indeed unbreakable and God's word is eternal. Therefore, we could find our hope and our rest in the word of God. So today, I want to talk about our second point. How do we live in a strange world and, and actually even cause us to trust in the Lord more? The second way is like, don't trust in man's ways. Don't trust in the ways of man. You see in, the, in chapter 2, it begins by, in chapter 2, verse 8, uh, again, just kind of going back towards the summarizing. So it came about when the commanded the command and decree of the king were heard, and many young ladies were gathered to the citadel of Susa into the custody of Haggai. That Esther was taken to the king's palace into custody of Haggai, who was in charge of the women. You see that he, uh, he Esther was taken. I think I, I, uh, I referred to this last time how uh, she it was it was not her her own doing. Uh, she was basically manipulated into this position. 
but everyone's operating off the what they want to do. And you'll see Esther will do exactly the same thing later on. And this whole book is like that. Everyone's just kind of thinking in their own minds that they're one step ahead of the curve. But, but what none of the parties, none of the characters in this book realize is that they're actually all under the sovereign hand of God. That God is really the one that's moving the places and moving the people from where they think they're going to where God actually wants them to go. And um, you'll notice that when you get to verse 10, so verse 9, we'll go back to verse 9. Now the young lady pleased him and found favor with him. So he quickly provided her with her cosmetics and food, gave her seven choice maids from the king's palace and transferred her and her maid's palace uh transferred to king's palace transferred to her mates to the best place in the harem esther did not make known her place or her kindred for mordecai had instructed her that she should not make them known and that's a really interesting phrase in verse 10 of how esther did not make her her genealogy known she didn't make her ethnicity known and this isn't one of those things where like oh well that's because she tried to put her her uh her god-fearing thing first and her ethnicity second this isn't like what paul talks about in the philippians how like all of those things are, uh, that he has acquired in life are useless compared to the surpassing value of Jesus. No, it's 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 strategic because he uh, they don't want people to know where they are, and this is a contrast for us Christians. And actually, verse ten and verse twenty is this is the same thing. Esther had not made known her kindred or her people, even as Mordecai had commanded her. For Esther did what Mordecai told her, as she had done when under his care. So. They did all of these things. They tried to hide uh, their their ethnicity because they, it gave them tactical advantage. Uh, they want to get into position. They want people to like, okay, uh, if there are any people that hate Jews, that this might be for, to your detriment. They know that you are a Jewish person. And again, everyone here is trying to manipulate one another to get what they want. Mordecai manipulated Esther to become queen, and later on, Esther, when she became queen, actually placed Mordecai in a position uh, where he's sitting at the gate. And, and don't think sitting at the gate as like he's just loitering there. Sitting at the gate means that he was some sort of leader, that he was actually in a position where, of, where you would govern people. You know, back then, uh, they wouldn't have like emails or normal mail or anything like that. Uh, they had a dispute. They would actually have to just go to uh, the gates and they'll have the disputes out there. So that's where Mordecai was placed. He was there because Queen Esther placed them there. So there is obvious nepotism there. Again, this is this is normal in a society that chooses to do whatever they want. They use their connections and their uh, whatever advantage they can to move up in society. They hid, and what's interesting though is that Mordecai and Esther, they hid the only thing that actually truly mattered to them. They hid the, thing, the fact that they were actually people, the people of Yahweh. They, they hid the fact that the God that, that their forefathers worship is the one true God. Now I wonder if this defines you. During this time of crisis, I know, I know we're separated from one another, and stuff, but some of you guys are still working, and some of you guys are still exposed to non-Christians. If someone was to look at your life, would they see that you are following the ways of the Lord, or are you re- reacting to the ways of man? I know that in this time where where it's very stressful financially for some of you, there might be temptations to compromise morally so that you can be secure. Or in some cases, you might find that like people are losing their jobs and you want to try to take advantage of that. Um, there are people like that. They're just We live in a fallen world where, people, where non-believers will do whatever they can to, t- to leverage any type of situation. 
Uh, but as Christians, we don't, we won't, we should not be in the position that we're in because of compromises that we've made in the past. Uh, we should not be people that <clears throat> that are trying to do our best to climb the corporate ladder through uh, making Christ's name defamed. Christians, we're called to live outwardly and proudly, and let and we're to let our light shine before men, let people know that you are indeed a Christian. Uh, and you know, sometimes I wonder: Do the people in our church do they do do their non-believer coworkers have the assumption that they're Christians, or do they know definitively that they're a Christian? Like when you're working, do, or is the only time you display Christ likeness just a little few seconds before you eat your meal? Like that's the only time you pray. Or do are you marked by your faithful character? Uh, are you marked by working hard? Are you, are you marked by your integrity? <clears throat> what type of compromises are you making so you can get ahead in life? Again, this is how the world acts. This is how man's ways are. They will say it's a dog eat dog world. You know, they'll think like Machiavellian, like do whatever uh, you need in order to survive. Uh, do do whatever you find any means necessary. Uh, but as Christians, we're called not to compromise. We're called to be faithful with the little things and, and even with the big things in our lives. Uh, we need uh, a Christian integrity. A few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I went downtown to meet up with my old uh, guy that I used to disciple back at Grace Church. He, was, he moved up to the Bay and he was working uh, downtown. And uh, we hung out and he was just sharing how hard it was um, being a believer there. And it wasn't because... Uh, like he was compromising. It was hard because he was trying to live faithfully. He said he would go into his work early and he would try to do some Bible reading time. And people were like, hey, why aren't you check? You should totally lock that as work hours. And he's like, no, I, I, can't. I come in 30 minutes early so that I can do my devotions. Uh, but that's the time between me and the Lord. I, I don't want to uh, use my devotion time and be paid for it. Um, and he said what was discouraging was that that person was telling him was a professing Christian themselves. You know, so he said he felt that it was like he was seeing all these other non-Christians or these other Christians, professing Christians, living like non-Christians. And he said it's hard because it, it's it's like you have these, for at least to non-believing eyes, you have these conflicting messages. You have one person that's saying like, oh, I'm not going to do it because that's dishonoring to the Lord. And you have another Christian that's saying it's okay. You know, Christians need to be on the same page morally. And if you're acting contrary to scripture, that's something that you need to realize that you repent of that's the way of the world we're called to to honor the lord with the time that we have with the with our resources with everything that we do it must be pleasing to the lord because that's how we are called to be we're called to be distinct and unique so even if the world tempts us to live like them even if it means that uh, it gets us some sort of advantage trust in the lord don't trust in man's ways the Lord will place you in positions. The Lord will give you the means, financial means. The Lord will give you whatever um, you need. Just seek first the kingdom of God. Don't worry about all these other things in your life that you're looking for, but be faithful in the way that you live daily. So that's how we can operate in the strange world, not by trusting in man's words that are so fickle and they'll fade, or even man's ways, which oftentimes leads to uh, damnation or compromise trust in God's word, trust in the, his, 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 uh, his word and how we are to live our life. Um, we're called to walk with integrity, to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And I hope that's you. I hope that that's you today, that in your life, that you, that if someone to look at your life, they won't find anything that is 
that would detriment your testimony as a Christian. That when they see your life, they can say, okay, this guy is unique because he is a follower of Jesus Christ. Okay, I hope this is helpful. I look forward to uh, answering some of your questions this Friday as well. So if you have those, just keep sending them in. I got a few already, and they're really good questions. And I hope that uh, I'll be able to help you um, just think through some things. Uh, I'm not going again. I'm not going to answer every single one of them on Friday, but I'll just kind of answer them throughout the weeks. Um, but okay, I hope that this is helpful, and uh, we'll go to ch- uh, the last point tomorrow on how we can't trust in man, man's plans. Okay, thanks.